hey, hey, welcome to Novel Finds, the podcast where we talk about your favorite books, our favorite books, and everything in between. Hey, I'm Maggie. And I'm Julia. And we're freaking out because we're oh. finally doing another episode together. Oh my god, it's been so long. I think for you guys, it will only have been like maybe three weeks. But Probably. for us, it's been a really long time since we've recorded it's together. Been like a month and a half. It's been a really freaking long time. We're having a tough time, you guys. We do not do well with separation. No. We're we're like the conjoined twins that were separated after being born conjoined. Yeah. And we refused. We hate it that it happened to us. Yeah. Like, and then the longer we don't talk, my anxiety is just like, maybe Julia hates me. I'm like, Maggie, no. Well, I had the thought the other day. I was like, I mean, the listeners probably don't care all that much. They don't care as much as we do that we're not chatting with each other. But like, what if someone out there was just like, are they breaking up the band? Are, is it is it going to be separate from now on? Because I just want to listen to both of them talk, not just one of them with a really cool author. Okay. But if we ever did do that, we w- we should be really dramatic and we should make everyone pick a team and oh, then God. we'll do a whole season like that. And then the next season we'll be like, we're bringing the band back together. <laughs> that is commitment to the bit. Oh, my God. I but mean, everyone would choose you because you post what? all the cute animal pictures. Well, you can People share Matilda. No, Matilda is yours. That's fair. Even she though I get to voice her if she's ever <laughs> a, in a movie or a graphic novel or audiobook. That's fair. That's fair. You would voice her well. She's definitely yeah. got a lower smoky voice. I have a smoky voice. I think so. I mean, at least in comparison to me. <laughs> <laughs> so I got people at the Shakespeare Festival that I'm working at right now. Um, I got some of them to listen to a couple of episodes of the podcast. And someone told me that we both sound the same. Oddly <laughs> enough, that's not the first time we've heard that. But also, I disagree with that statement. <laughs> I really disagree with that. And I don't know if it's because it's my voice, but I can pick out our differences right away. I can too. And I, the only times that I can't Sometimes when one of us starts laughing and then the other one joins, sometimes, sometimes it's the same sounding. That's fair. They mix together. Yeah, but I don't think we sound similar. I agree with you, but guys, let us know. If one of us needs to put on a funny accent so you can tell who's talking, we will commit. (laughs) No, you will commit to that. I will. I'll be Gru from Despicable Me. It's the only accent I can do. I need to hear that. Uh, well, um, I don't, I don't, yeah. not that I want to like do this really cool non sequitur, but you guys, mm. we have this little fun little thing called a Patreon. And <gasps> if uh, you're looking for more bookish content from us, you can subscribe to it. Yeah, we post content pretty much every week, including minisodes, Q&A sessions, book unboxings, and this week, because I know when this episode is coming out, we have the summary of unfortunate events for the wide window that I am doing. I'm going through the books and doing a summary of all of that stuff. And this one is particularly fun because I had also had a few things to drink. So so it's it's quite a ride. Julia was fun and flirty and passionate about the wide window. So passionate. Why is it so wide? (laughs) This summer, we're even doing an exclusive book club for all of our listeners. You guys, I have to be honest, I've been terrible about posting about it, but we're still doing the book club. Do not fret. 
we're still doing it. If you are a member of our Patreon, you get a free book club tote bag. It's cute. I designed them. I put in the order. They're coming. So you might as well join our Patreon so you can get the free tote bag because otherwise I'm going to have a stack of them at my house. <laughs> You'll just toss them out to people on the street. It's for real. You get um, a tote. <laughs> but we're reading uh, Hotel Magnifique. Um, I haven't started it yet, but I'm super excited to. I'm going to be posting things this week about it so you can sign up and get more information. And we plan to meet the last week of August. So get ready for that. If you do join our Patreon in certain tiers, you even get more fun and exclusive Novel Finds merch. And all of those were designed by me. Well, the sticker was not. That was designed by Kira. But I made it in sticker form. So proud of you. Yeah. (laughs) With four different tiers to choose from, there are so many options for more content from us, your favorite Novel Finds ladies. For more information about our Patreon, follow the link in our bio. And today's episode is sponsored by Audible. Maggie, do you know what I love more than books? What? Free books? Oh, I thought you were going to say gnomes. (laughs) Well, I do love gnomes. But (laughs) if you sign up for a free 30-day trial of Audible Premium using the link audibletrial.com slash novel finds, you get a free audiobook. Wait, I sign up at audibletrial.com slash novel finds and just automatically get a free book? Ma'am, you get a credit for whatever audiobook you want. The world is your oyster. This feels like when Belle saw the Beast Library for the first time. Right? So sign up for a free audiobook at audibletrial.com slash novel finds for your free audiobook today. So you're probably sitting here wondering to yourself, what are these ladies going to talk about? Um, We're not. We're going to just talk to each other the whole time. Yes, you can hear our our riveting opinions on the (laughs) classic film, Nomeo and Juliet. Ah, yes. Starring gnomes. It's Juliet's favorite movie. (laughs) Hey, the Crocodile Rock is really fun in that. Look, actually, that movie's amazing for no reason. (laughs) No. I have been coming up with different gnome names for the gnomes that I have here. And I do have a gnomeo. As you should. It's so good. It is good. You can't not. You can't not. Although you do have to ask, why would a gnome name their kid gnomeo? It would be like if my parents named me instead of like Maggie, Hugh Maggie, because I'm human. (laughs) For real though. This is a valid point, and I don't know how to respond. Anyway, <laughs> today's episode is all about beach reads. We're doing, um, we did this last season, and we're doing it this season, and it's one of my favorite things to talk about. I love a good, summery, sexy rom com beach read. I do too, and it is very exciting because we both have read both the books we're talking about. So it's just going to be gushing over both of them the entire time. Which we love to do. Well, Julia, would you like to start with giving us a summary and some fun facts about the book that you've chosen? As long as it's cool that I'm just reading the summary on the back of the book for my book, then yes. I'll allow it. Thank you. (laughs) All right. So my book is The Unhoneymooners by Christina Lauren. And I have some fun, fun facts about that. But the summary goes as follows. Olive Torres is used to being the unlucky twin. From inexplicable mishaps to a recent layoff, her life seems to be almost comically jinxed. By contrast, her sister Ami is an eternal champion. She even managed to finance her entire wedding by winning a slew of contests. Unfortunately,
Unfortunately for Olive, the only thing worse than constant bad luck is having to spend the wedding day with the best man and her nemesis, <gasps> Ethan Thomas. Ugh. Olive ugh. Olive braces herself for wedding hell, determined to put on a brave face. But when the entire wedding party gets food poisoning, um, the only people who aren't affected are Olive and Ethan. Suddenly, there's a free honeymoon up for grabs, and Olive will be damned if Ethan gets to join or gets to enjoy paradise solo. Agreeing to a temporary truce, the pair head for Maui. After all, ten days of bliss are worth having to assume the role of loving newlyweds, right? But the weird thing is. Olive doesn't mind playing pretend. In fact, the more she pretends to be the luckiest woman alive, the more it feels like she might be. What? With Christina, I know, with Christina Lauren's uniquely hilarious and touching voice, The Unhoneymooners is a romantic comedy for anyone who has ever felt unlucky in love. Thank you. Thank you. Some fun facts about them. I had too many sticky notes on the front of it. The first one, um, not a lot of people know this, and I definitely didn't know this when I first read it, but Christina Lauren is actually two people, Christina Hobbs and Lauren Billings. They are BFFs, and they have written tons of books together, and they just, they they co-author all of this. Um, fun fact number two, they have actually written 18 New York Times bestsellers together, but I think they've written like 28 books total. So not all of them are bestsellers, but they've written a ton of books together, which is so cool. I think it's that's so cool. cool. No, I mean, are you kidding me? Like, what a partnership. What a dynamic duo. Right? To like... And they've truly found their writing partner. They've written 28 books together. You guys, yeah. they're not like grandmothers. They're they're pretty young. Yeah, it's it's so cute. Um, and final fun fact, they met when they were writing fan fiction and Christina went to SDCC, which is, I believe, San Diego Comic-Con in 2009. And so that is where they met and they became BFFs and writing partners. And I just love that for them so much. That is amazing. What about you? What book are you talking about? I'm and, talking about... Yeah. The Love Hypothesis by Allie Hazelwood. Uh, it's a delightful rom-com about a fake relationship between a biology PhD student and a professor. Olive is a third-year biology PhD candidate who shares a kiss with a handsome stranger in order to make her friend think that she's in a relationship. She's horrified when she realizes the stranger is Dr. Adam Carlson, a prominent professor in her department who is known for being hypercritical and moody. She and yeah. <laughs> he and Adam each have reasons for needing to be in a relationship, and they agree to pretend to date for the sake of appearances. Of course, as she gets to know Adam, it's only a matter of time before she starts feeling something for him, and it becomes clear that her little experiment in fake dating, wait for it, just might combust. Boom. Science joke. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh you started reading that and you said olive and i was like wait did i not realize that both the main ladies in our books are named olive what have we done <laughs> it's, it's all good we got it um anyway do you want to hear some fun facts of course i do okay so i'm pulling these fun facts directly from Allie hazelwood's website and just mm. in her about section just because i feel like it captured everything i wanted to and you get a sense of like her voice and her sense of humor mm -hmm. so here she is about Allie hazelwood 
My favorite thing in the world is to explore traditional romance tropes and to picture how they'll play out in academic settings. Rival scientists falling in love despite their better judgment. There's only one caught in the lab. Fake dating during faculty meeting. Sign me up. I'm originally from Italy, lived in Japan and Germany, and eventually moved to the U.S. to pursue a PhD in neuroscience. I recently became a professor, which absolutely terrifies me. Oh, the sheer dread of being entrusted with the care of young minds. When I'm not at work, you can find me binge-watching shows with my feline overlords and my slightly less feline husband running or eating candy. Oh, and I'm a New York Times bestselling author. I love that. Oh my gosh. Slightly less feline husband. (laughs) It's the part that really tickled me too. <laughs> so Maggie, uh, let's start with the love hypothesis. I think let's do it. you want to bring it on, Julia. I'm ready. Cool. How did you come across it? Do you remember? This is an excellent question. First of all, I am constantly browsing the romance section mm-hmm. of the bookstore. Mm-hmm. And second of all, I don't know if you guys know this. You probably do if you've listened to a lot of episodes. I am obsessed with Emily Henry. Absolutely obsessed with her writing. I love her. She posted she she posts a lot of different romance books um, on her Instagram page, and she posted about it. And I thought to myself, hmm, this book does look amazing. <laughs> and I purchased it, and guess what? It was amazing. It was amazing. I read it because of you, and I literally stayed up until three in the morning. I spent an entire evening, day, just reading this book. It's so it, good. It's so good, and um, she's kind of thick. It's like a, it's a pretty big book for a, for a. Yeah, um, yeah. It it is got a little bit of weight to it. Let's see how many pages. Three hundred seventy-two. It's a pretty good amount. Yeah, three hundred seventy-three. It's a lot of pages. Let's do a trope check. Trope Tell me check. which tropes are in uh, the love hypothesis. Also, can you tell us what tropes are? Okay. So tropes are basically common cliches that you see in a certain genre. So in romance, it's basically the different elements that bring the couple together, like sharing one bed. What? Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Uh, Fake dating. Mm -hmm. Um, Fake dating is the really, really big one in this Um, Mm -hmm. Because both of them need to be in a relationship. Olive wants to pretend to be in a relationship because her best friend wants to date Olive's ex-boyfriend. And Olive Mm -hmm. doesn't care, but her best friend won't do it. So Olive thinks, if I'm in a relationship, my best friend can pursue this other guy. Yeah. And so she starts dating this professor. And the professor needs money for science and his program (laughs) right right like they're worried that he's gonna leave and go to a different university and teach there yep so he's like if i look like i'm building roots i can get money for my science Mm -hmm. and so they pursue a fake relationship oh it's so good i love fake relationship tropes there's there's so many and uh, there's a ton in on honeymooners too that i'm excited to talk about but just they don't In this one, there isn't really an enemies to lovers because Olive and Adam aren't really enemies. They just don't know each other very well. Yeah, they're definitely strangers. But not at the same time. But not. not. Uh, And that is just that realization is so lovely when they get there. I agree. Mm. Yeah. So out of all of the rom-coms that you have read, why did you choose the love hypothesis to do for this episode? That's a great question. And I did it because honestly, I have yet to read another rom-com that is 
like really about women in science. And I think that it's really, really great that Allie writes what she knows. She literally has a PhD in mm-hmm. neuroscience. So she she's very, very familiar with that world. And so she sets her characters there. And I, I love it. And I also, just in general, it's so well written. I couldn't put it down. It, it was so, so well fun and funny. Like I was laughing out loud. I just had a great time. And I loved the couple. Like oh, I just wanted them to get together. So do you have a favorite liner section? Do you want to share? It's tough. I'll be honest with you guys. Um, I did not really have time to go through and look for my like an actual favorite section. Like a specific I, one. Yeah. Yeah. Because I did read this book last year, but I had some quotes like marked. And so I'm just going to do this one just because it's in, I think it's, I'm assuming it's the first chapter. It's the first chapter. And it's right away after Olive kisses him in the hallway. And it just gives you an idea of their vibes. Okay. He says, did you, did you just kiss me? He sounded puzzled and maybe a little out of breath. His lips were full and plump and God kissed. There was simply no way Olive could get away with denying what she had just done. Still, it was worth a try. Nope. Surprisingly, it seemed to work. Ah, okay then. Carlson nodded and turned away, looking vaguely disoriented. He took a couple of steps down the hallway, reached the water fountain, maybe where he'd headed in the first place. Olive was starting to believe that she might actually be off the hook when he halted and turned back with a skeptical expression. Are you sure? And that's that. That's some, oh that's my some God. love. What? Margaret. Juliana. I marked that exact section from there to there in the book. That was going to be what I was going to share. Okay. We're twins. We're twins today. Remember that's when crazy. that almost happened for Evelyn Hugo? Oh, yeah. That Maybe was crazy, we're just too. becoming similar readers. I don't know. But, like, literally from that section to there, I was like, oh, maybe she won't read the whole thing. And then you did. <laughs> Never <laughs> doubt me, amazing. Uh, the world is so cool sometimes. It really is. I do want to at least say another section that I really liked because I didn't get there in the reread. But it is also a spoiler. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so I, if you don't want to be spoiled, skip, 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 just to be safe, do another skip. But in the end, when she goes to the restaurant with the recording of mm. of the the threat that Tom. Uh, thank you, I was gonna say what's his face that Tom issues to Olive, and like at this point, Olive and Adam have broken off their their thing. They've done a time time frame the time frame is over now and they both like still wanted to be together but they also as scientists wanted to end the experiment while they were ahead like dumbasses um anyway she goes to the restaurant to tell adam about it even because she's just really upset and he is so concerned and goes to her immediately and then tom comes up and is like trying to interfere with them talking and she just starts playing the recording and adam hears it and just starts wailing on tom and i'm just like i i was so i'm getting goosebumps right now just because that that's so excellent he deserved it first of all second of all i was really worried that it was going to be like a bros before hose situation um, Which we don't allow. No, hoes before bros, always. <laughs> and so, 
when Adam was immediately like super supportive and finally understood why the weird energy was happening between them. It was just, oh, it was, it was so good. Uh, I love that part so much. So good. All right. Okay. So tell us, Maggie, it's a romance. How, how spicy is the love hypothesis? Where does the love hypothesis sit in our spice meter? This is a tough thing to answer. Mm-hmm. Is how spicy is a book? Mm-hmm. But here, here's my answer. This is out of 10. Out of 10, I would give it seven, like of the flame emoji, and then one of like a spicy hot pepper. Because I believe okay. that this book is definitely like hot and steamy, but it's less spicy. A lot of the scenes in their fake dating put them in situations where they're in close quarters, like Olive sits on his lap or she sees him with his shirt off and like all of these close encounters, they see each other working and they talk about their dream jobs and it's like really like emotionally hot. You know what I mean? Mm, Yeah. And Olive is a character that really, really struggles with sex. And so their sex scene does become like steamy, spicy but it's also about them like really loving one another and working through mm-hmm. her emotions. I mean, it's a beautiful scene written full of consent and mm-hmm. they're they're both very caring for one another and it it also is kind of like a, not a, it a cliffhanger, I think. Like it it covers two chapters. I think it's the end of one and then yeah. goes into the next one. And I remember texting you when I hit the cliffhanger and I was just like, "What?" the actual (laughs) fuck maggie i was so mad i was like how are they not uh and then they did and it was beautiful but i will say i really enjoyed i enjoyed the slow burn it was like a forced slow burn which was annoying but it ended up being beautiful agreed yeah i would give it probably like five of the fire and two of the tongue nice so weird (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it was really good and also i mean thank god i talked to someone about this recently and i don't think it was you but i hate it when in sex scenes in books they refer to men's a man's penis as a sword or some sort of weapon and then calling a woman's vagina the sheath and just like or like thrusting up to the hilt and i'm just like this is gross guys you are not warriors conquering a woman you are this is two people have normal people sex please no one's no one's saying in the bedroom i've thrust into the hilt and if you are don't good for you i mean i guess if you are there's someone for everyone and that person's probably at a renaissance fair (laughs) Look, I'm just trying to find the next question. I'm so flustered. (laughs) Okay, Um, okay, I've got it for you. Did you fall for the main characters or would you fall for the main characters? Who who did you have a crush on by the end of this book? Whoa, okay. I guess you're learning a little bit about me today, you guys, but hot, moody professor? Yeah, (laughs) that's for me. Girl, same. Um, mm-hmm. I definitely fell for him, especially because I thought it was so interesting. And this is like a minor spoiler, so skip if you don't want to listen. But I thought it was so interesting that when she got to know him, it wasn't like, everybody's wrong and he's so misunderstood. 
but it's the way that they're perceiving him that's incorrect. Mm -hmm. Because he's like, yeah, I am really hard on my students. And like, I'm sorry that they think I'm an asshole. Like that really sucks, but I have to be hard on them so they can produce the best work possible because it's their job to like make discoveries and save lives. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. he's just doing his job. It's an excellent way to reframe the whole thing because she'd been seeing it from a student perspective for so long. Yeah. It's, it's really good. It's really good because sometimes, especially in that situation, I was like, okay, there's going to be a twist, right? Like he's not a huge jerk, but I think really just it being her reframing the way she looks at it Mm -hmm. is just as powerful. And he does, he does soften a little bit, like minutely, not that much because obviously they still need to be held to the highest standard, but he does through Olive, start breaking breaking open the hard shell of the candy to be a little bit more gooey with his students, but not much. Not much, but no. just the right amount. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so obviously there is always going to be an issue in the book for our main protagonist, Olive. So what is the main problem for Olive in the book? And does it get solved in the way that you predicted that it was going to get solved? I don't want to give any spoilers, but I would say that I knew it wasn't going to get solved the way that it was set up to get solved. So Mm -hmm. Olive is a PhD student and um, her mom died from pancreatic pancreatic cancer And so she's doing um, research that would be necessary to save future patients from Mm -hmm. the same way that her mom died from that cancer. It's it's like er finding it in the early stages. Yeah. And um, basically her goal is to try to work with other scientists and get funding so that she's able to pursue this research. Mm -hmm. And we're really, really set up for her to kind of go on this other path and... um, That involves a few different characters, but specifically it really involves Tom because he's hinted throughout the book. And then it turns out that he's Adam's friend. So you think it's going to be a really good in for her Mm -hmm. Um, and won't delve into that um, just because I don't want to spoil everything. But um, she ends up finding a new path, which I did. I knew that would happen. Like I knew there would be something else, Mm -hmm. but I didn't know what it was going to be. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Is uh, The Love Hypothesis going to be a movie? Please say yes. This is tricky because when you research it, a movie called The Love Hypothesis is being made, but it's not not this one. This Love Hypothesis. Uh, It's uh, it's something something else. So I'm sorry, you guys. I wish it was. I wish it was. I wish wish the whole world could have this movie. But maybe one day. Just because it's not now doesn't mean it's not ever. But I want it now. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. The movie in my head when I watch it or read it is very good. So this, to be fair, would be an amazing movie. I agree. It it lends itself to that. Also, I think it would be really cute because each chapter starts with like a h- hypothesis for her. I think it would be really cute to like still have her little hypotheses show up in the movie and yes. then something crazy happens just because that's really cute. It would and be so cute. It would be so cute. And I feel like rom-coms are having a new era. I feel like we're getting, mm-hmm. you know, the rom-coms that we loved, like in the early the wedding date 2000s yeah they're like yeah. those tropes and themes are coming back 
And so I just feel like the love hypothesis would fit in well with that. I agree. All right. If you could, would you be a character from this book? And if yes, who would you be and why? I would love to be a character in this book. I would love to be Olive because she is so hardworking and she knows what she wants and she's really, really dedicated. And also then I get to date Adam, who is amazing. Mm, yes. And they're a really good team. I didn't say that yet. They're that is an another thing team. that I love about them is even when they're getting to know each other and they're friends, they, they're, they have a great partnership. Mm-hmm. I love that about them. But honestly, well, I'd be down for anyone. The yeah. world is just so good. Yeah. I mean, I would love to to be like the barista that they see every Wednesday at 10 to just like watch their interactions. <laughs> okay. Dream role. Yes. <laughs> like, let me, they're taking bets at the Starbucks behind the scenes, just seeing how long it'll take for them to actually get, to get him to not get a black coffee. Oh my gosh. Dream role. That's mm-hmm. the best. That's the best part. Bit parts are the best roles. You know it. Small and memorable. It's all we're looking for. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Do you have any final thoughts about Love Hypothesis? Do you want to save them until the very end? What are you, what do you no, want to do? I'll, get, I'll give my final thoughts in my book recommendations now. Okay. Um, here's my final thought. Read this book. It is amazing. It is absolutely in my top five favorite rom-coms. I love it so much. You will enjoy it. Bring it to the beach and just enjoy the romance as it unfolds. 10 out of 10. Well, just so you guys, I'm I'm just going to give my book recommendations if that's groovy. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about what book recommendations can I give because I read so many rom-coms. <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous. So I decided to do two more that also have the fake dating trope. So the first one is The Kiss Quotient, and it is... That book is really spicy. That is a 10 out of 10 on the spicy meter. I have that one so, on my TBR. Just just so you all know, if you're if you don't want something spicy, do not read the kiss quotient because <laughs> it even the kissing scenes are spicy. I'm like, all what right. is happening in this book? All right. Um, but it's so different. Like this woman hires this man to teach her how to be a good girlfriend. And so they fake date together and he is, um, I'm not thinking of the actual word, but he's a sex worker, but he abstains from having sex so he can teach her how to date people. It's just very different. It's very interesting. I had a good time. Are you thinking of the word? I'm trying my hardest. I, uh, it's on the tip of my tongue, but I can't remember. I know that it's, it's whatever the character Nick is in the wedding date that I watched recently. Shoot. We'll think of it later. Well, um, okay. But the second We book, still have a whole other book to talk about. If it, if it shows up, it shows up. The second book I'm going to recommend, which I'm recommending as a beautiful segue into you, Julia, is The Unhoneymooners, which is not just fake dating, but fake marriage. There's a lot of fun tropes in this book. <laughs> not going to lie. Uh, it's, it's a fun little ride. Well, Julia, kick us off. How did you come across this book? So I'm pretty sure my friend Tatiana, who we had on in season one, uh, she sent me this book for my birthday, I think. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty, I, I think because it had been on my list. It looked fun. Um, and 
I did actually laugh when reading the summary when I first read it about the whole wedding party getting food poisoning, just because like, what are the odds? Like everyone at the wedding, except for Olive and Ethan, got vicious food poisoning. Um, And so I was like, okay, cool. That's a really funny reason to get a fake honeymoon out of this. And so I was into it. Plus the cover is bright yellow. And so it naturally draws my eye to it. That's true. But yeah, I think it was just, I, I'd seen it somewhere. And I was like, this looks fun. I'll put it on my list. And then it got sent to me. It is definitely like a fun, light, flirty summer read. Definitely. And it, it's it's an easy read. It's a quick read. Um, and it's got all the fun, regular tropes that we have in rom-com. We've got uh, enemies to lovers in this one, which I am a sucker for enemies to lovers. Oh, oh my God. Okay, wait. Minor tangent. Yeah. If we, if one of, like, if our lives were to be a romance trope, which do you think you would have? Because I do think you would have enemies to lovers. Uh, yes, but can I be, like, the oblivious enemy? <laughs> Like, That's I don't fair. know that this other person just absolutely hates me. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So you're like, it would be like the male character in yeah. the in the book because the female is always like, he hates me. We hate each other. And then he's right. like, like, no, I've loved you the whole so time. Why is standoffish? So that's in there. Enemies to love. Wait, no. Which would, what would your trope be? I I feel like you would fall into like the mishaps one. Like a one bed accidentally happening. Absolutely. It would be, it would definitely be like a friends to dating situation. Yeah. Where we keep getting pushed into awkward romancy moments. Yeah. Like, well, it, no, I'm trying to think of an example, but I can't think of one. But I don't think either of us would do fake dating. No, I don't have time for that. That sounds exhausting. To be completely honest, I don't even. Fake dating is just one step closer to real dating. Yeah. And like, why why are we fake dating when we can just real date and not worry about it? Like my parents would know. There's no yeah. way I'm getting that by them. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> well, you always have to have someone on the inside that knows. Yeah, it's just my mom. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so those are the three that fall into this book. We've got enemies to lovers, fake dating, and the one bed. But this one's actually one bed and part of their banter because they're full of banter in this book. It's another reason it's excellent because when you have the enemies to lovers trope, they automatically are very sarcastic and snippy with each other and then they start getting softer about it. But they uh, make deals with each other throughout the vacation uh, for the bed. So like originally olive gets the bed for some reason but then ethan gets it because she helps him with something and then yeah. she gets it back because he then needed help with something and it just keeps going back and forth that they're just fighting over the one bed um and spoilers they both end up in the one bed about halfway through the week um which i love for them I love in the honeymoon them. suite Ooh la la mm. yes um, well, of all of the other rom-coms out there, I feel like you've answered this a little bit, but why specifically yeah. did you pick this book? Well, I have read a couple of rom-coms uh, recent, 
ishly like this year. I've read way more rom-coms than I have before, but this is the one. I mean, I think it's kind of special because it's the one that I recommended to you instead of you like bringing it to my attention. I was just like, I read it first and then told you about it. And then you read it. So that was exciting. I I freaked out. The The day that Julia recommended a rom-com to me was a beautiful day indeed. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just fun. And she references um, Harry Potter a lot, which is funny. Oh, it's yeah. Very, it's very like for our generation of people that still talk about Harry Potter and compare people to the the characters that are in it. And so there's a lot of those references and they're just so snarky. It's such a good book. They are so sassy to one another, but they're sassy on the same wavelength because she'll say something to him that's like a reference. And he's, instead of being like, that's such a dumb reference, he like makes the reference back. And I'm like, you guys are so <laughs> vibing right now. You guys are so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> um, well julia hit us up with your favorite liner section okay so i actually i have three is that okay can i share three of them Genuinely, i was, I was do. literally just skimming them i was like which one am i going to pick and i was like i don't know they're all good um so this one is probably in yeah it's got to be in the first chapter because it's at the wedding uh people the olive has just given her maid of honor speech uh ethan gave his right before hers so he's watching she's giving her speech and then suddenly people start puking (laughs) and 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 he is just like your speech wasn't that bad (laughs) so that just starts off the whole thing Everyone in the the face or in the room is horribly coming out both ends and they are standing next to each other, kind of like out of the splash zone. And he says, are you nauseated? He asks me quietly beyond at the sight of this or you No. impending diarrhea. I stare at him. How are you single? Frankly, it's a mystery. (laughs) and just their banter is excellent so so good right they're so Uh, mean to each other they're so mean to each other like it's almost too much it is it is rough like they both actively tell each other that they're the worst (laughs) she calls him voldemort a couple of times (laughs) it's just excellent um so then the next one they're in Maui. They have just, uh, it's the, the next morning, I think. They got there. They then ran into Olive's new boss and mm-hmm. he asks for both of them to have dinner. He assumes that she is married because she can't say she's not married because otherwise they will get kicked out and fined from the hotel. And so this hotel employee that is standing right there as her boss comes up to her and is like, oh, my gosh, Olive, why are you here? And she can't say, hey, I'm faking a honeymoon. It's like, oh, I'm here on my honeymoon. <laughs> and so there's just this whole thing. So he thinks that she's married. She begs Ethan to come to the dinner because th- th- she's married, quote unquote, and they kind of have to. And so he gets the bed. And this is the next morning. and. 
this is this is just a fun little over coffee. So I shrug at him, turning the blame back where it's deserved. To be honest, you were the one who had to go and be ridiculously charming last night. He picks his mug back up and blows across the surface because you asked me to be. She says, I wanted you to be sociopath charming. I say too charming so that afterward people look back and think, you know, I didn't get it at the time, but he was always too perfect. That sort of charming, not like self-deprecating and cute. Half of Ethan's mouth turns up and I know what's coming before it launches. You think I'm cute in a gross way. (laughs) (laughs) I love them. They're excellent. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. And then this last one is just like one of those snaps for Olive for being just very uh, confident about her body because that is something throughout the book. She isn't actually very confident in her body. She has uh, lost. She was laid off and she stress bakes. And so she's been stress baking and gained a couple pounds from it. And so she mentions that. The whole reason she doesn't like Ethan is because she is under the impression that he gave her a weird look when she came up with fried cheese curds the first time they met. And he he did make a weird look and then walked away. And she assumed that it was because he thought she was fat and had like fat phobia, Um, which I mean spoiler but a happy spoiler that isn't the case like she does learn what the reason was later but she is a very curvy lady and she is owning it in this section where they she's got the bed now um surprise ethan's ex-girlfriend and fiance uh have shown up in maui and now now (laughs) The Oh, how the turntables. Oh, how the turntables. Like, so freaking dramatic. What are the odds? What are the odds? It's a rom-com, so the odds are relatively high. Um, But they're going on an excursion, and then they find out that his ex and her fiancé are also going on the excursion. And she's just like, I don't, why? Um, And so they're sitting there. Uh, in the van all together. There's a, another group of people there, but she says to Ethan quietly, I don't want to get your hopes up or anything, but I look really great in this bikini. There's no revenge like being with someone new who has a great rack. <laughs> and I'm just like, yes, there is, there is that. There is good revenge in being with someone that has a nice set of boobs. Honestly, um, like, get it, girl. I love her. I love her body confidence. Yeah. And he even says, like, right after that, he's like, oh, that's a very feminist statement. And she's like, hey, I can be a feminist and still appreciate my body. Yes. <laughs> and, yes, and you then, can. And then throughout the rest of the scene, she catches him looking at her boobs a lot. So obviously he likes it. So there's that. Take that. I know, right? Ugh. Um, they're okay. Just, they're just so cute. Julia. Yes. How spicy is this book? This book is quite spicy, I would say. I would agree. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to remember, like, 
how graphic the sexy scenes are. I don't think they're they are they're more they are romantic. Um, they move faster than the love hypothesis, and it's uh, hmm, maybe like out of five, two and a half or three jalapenos. Like if you just bit into an entire jalapeno and shoved it in your mouth and had three of those, that's how spicy it is. I would agree. I think yeah. that's a really good, that is correct. Yeah, it's not, it's, uh, I mean, that many jalapenos in your mouth is overwhelming, but that kind of spice in the book, it doesn't come off as overwhelming. It just also is very spicy. Yeah, especially because you have to think that it's spread out throughout a whole book. Yeah, and they're getting to know each other and like their hate but it's not hate. They're like burning desire for each other. Nice. That happens throughout the book. <laughs> and then they finally have sex. And there's a lot of emotion that happens in that. Uh, yeah. But it's good. It's, it's good. good. Yeah. Well, would you fall for the main character? Characters? Who do you have a crush on in The Unhoneymooners? Oh, I mean, it's definitely Ethan. Olive is great. I don't really have a crush on her, but I like her. But Ethan is tall and nerdy and sarcastic and has like dark hair and washboard abs and just not adventurous in the way that Olive was imagining him to be. <laughs> and, and he's just he's just on the side of nerd that really appeals to me. I see that. Yeah. I, and I love it. I wish he was real for you. Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's dreamy. He is. I think, to be honest, if I was comparing Adam and Ethan, I would probably go for Eth uh, Adam over Ethan, just because I think Adam responds uh, to emotional issues better. Mm -hmm. Ethan does not respond the way that I think he should when the issues start coming up. Um, yeah, I and agree. That, it really bothers me. Like that is the biggest thing that bothers me about this book was that an Adam is is more of an adult about it. Yeah, I think I think the biggest difference is that Ethan is still clearly working through some things to the point of where it makes his point of view a little bit selfish. Mm -hmm. Not that he's selfish, but like the way he sees things is through the way he sees things. Whereas right. Adam, He's not trying to see it through a different viewpoint. Yeah. And Adam, I think, possesses more empathy, which I think sometimes naturally just comes with age, where he can mm -hmm. like really hear what people are going through and understand. Yeah. And I think because Adam's in his 30s. Yeah. Right. Olive, both both olives are about the same age. I yeah. Think. I think in the They're, love hypothesis, everyone else is in their 20s. Yeah. Yeah. And Adam is in his mid 30s and he has a doctorate and is teaching students like he is on a different level than mm -hmm. the other characters are comparatively. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, there's just no comparison. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, okay. So what is the main problem for the olive of this book? <laughs> and does it get solved in the way you predict it? So, without spoiling the end of the book, Olive, I mean, part of her biggest problem is that she just thinks she's unlucky and just kind of sees everything very cynically. And then 
when um, the main issue comes up that happens to be with her sister and Ethan's brother. He, Ethan then thinks that Olive is just being cynical, like that's just her way, which is frustrating. And I mean, as most rom-coms do, the couple breaks up to then probably get back together at the end. And so I was anticipating them getting back together kind of the way that it did happen. Am I glad that it still happened? Absolutely. But was it a surprise? No, not really. Yeah. I think that's pretty fair. I think in some ways it's nice to be surprised, but part of the love of a rom-com is that like the journey is sometimes different, but you love the safety Mm -hmm. of what's ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I would not enjoy a rom-com that did not end with the them together. It's not what we're looking for. It's not a rom-com. What is this? It's not the reason I picked up this book, actually. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Is the hunt the unhoneymooners going to be a movie or TV show? I actually really don't know. Um, I do know the answer to this. Tell me. It was picked up (gasps) by BCDF Pictures. I have never heard of that company, but there is a script at least owned by them or the book itself. The option to make it into a movie is owned by them currently, and that is all I know. Okay. Well, we're one step in the right direction. Yes. Let's go. Uh-huh. I'm excited. I This would be a very fun movie. Right? Oh, it would be excellent. Yeah. I would love it. I would love it. It would be so good. And it is the rom-com time. You know, it is the rom-com time. So next summer, you guys, let's pray it's out. (laughs) If you could be a character from this book, or sorry, if you could, would you be a character from this book? And if yes, whomst? Uh, Yes, I would want to be in this book, mostly because it just is living a rom-com life would be fun, I think. I mean, there's always the issue of am I in love with the main person or do I want to be them? Speaking of Ethan, just because I vibe with Ethan really well and Olive is cool, um, but I don't know that I would want to be Olive. But I do also feel better after baking sometimes when I'm super stressed. So there is that. But Olive does have a lot of crazy family members and they respond to her The way that like my family members do, if there's a problem, like my cousins, we have a cousin chat on Snapchat and we're just like almost constantly talking to each other Um, where I feel like that would be something where I could probably conceivably be Olive and that would just make sense. That makes Uh, sense. Yeah. So maybe Olive or possibly Ethan. We could each be an Uh Olive. I think if I was going to be in this one, I would want to be the wife of her boss. The old I lady. thought about her too. I was like, she's she's just there for a good time, and she gives him he she gives him shit when he does some poopy stuff, and it's just it's great. She's my hero. Yeah, she's like the ultimate. Yeah, small but but large part. Yeah. I feel like she embodies, like, not here for a long time, but we're here for a good time. (laughs) 100%. (laughs) Oh, excellent. Yes. 
Um, Julia, final thoughts slash book recommendations for the unhoneymooners. So final thoughts. Um, if you love banter and just a good time and knowing that it has a happy ending, this is a really good book for you. I would also say that The Love Hypothesis is also full of banter and is a good book. And that it is one of my recommendations with if you like you haven't read one of these books, but you have read the other, read the other book. Like yeah. they're both they both do fit really well together, which is just excellent. Um and then another book rec that I had was The People We Meet on Vacation by oh. Emily Henry. Mm-hmm. Because it, it fit with the vacation vibe that the Unhoneymooners has. Um, and that, that one is cute. Um, and I like the way that that one is set up where they're kind of like going toward, if I'm remembering correctly, the chapters alternate between a past vacation that they've had and the present. Mm-hmm. Um, and by like two thirds of the way in, they get to the problem and then by the end of it, the problem has been solved, which is, I mean, standard romance novel, but People We Meet on Vacation by Emily Henry is my other book recommendation. That is a really, really good one. I, You guys, you know I'm an Emily Henry stan and mm-hmm. People We Meet on Vacation is really, really good. Actually, fun fact, in the UK, it's called You and Me on Vacation. Really? Little little fun fact. Okay, so when you post the recap, it's going to have you and me on vacation? It it's it will. <laughs> so nobody panic. Excellent. <laughs> oh my gosh, Julia, golly golly gee. <laughs> I hate that I said that. We heckin' did it, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. If you like what you heard, share us with your other bookish friends and family. And if you're listening with Spotify or Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate and review the show. We're off to record our newest mini-sode for our Patreon. If you're interested in joining our Novel Finds community on Patreon, follow the link in our bio. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at Novel Finds Podcast. Thanks so much for being a novel friend. We'll see y'all next week. Bye. Bye.